So Jonathan, tell me what it was like to be there. Tell me what it was like inside the arena, inside this moment that I am so jealous you got to experience firsthand. Everybody was just holding their breath. We were just afraid that if you like move the wrong way, you might like somehow jinx it and screw it up and this (laughs) thing won't actually happen. Like it's so rare to get these. You should know that Jonathan Gavoni is ESPN's NBA draft guru. He is the founder of Draft Express. He is someone who has been scouting prospects for two decades now. But last week in Vegas, he witnessed something that he had never seen before. Until it actually tipped off, you know, and like even like during the game, I was like, am I really watching this? This is unbelievable. Wimbledon's calling for it on the block against Abakiti. Hanging, showing all the moves. Jonathan was there to watch an 18-year-old named Victor Wembanyama, whose team had traveled all the way from his native France to Las Vegas, where he was competing against other top-shelf NBA prospects last week. Wembanyama, oh my goodness, uh-oh. Whoa. After the first game, I was just walking into the concourse, and I ran into a president of an NBA team who has a very high interest level in Victor. Um, usually a very stoic guy. You really can't get anything out of him normally. Mm. And I had never seen this incredibly huge smile on his face. <laughs> he looked like he had just won the lottery, even though, you know, at best, he's going to have a 14% chance of drafting this guy. Right. And he says, Jonathan, can you believe that we get paid to do this? <laughs> So I woke up on Wednesday morning, the day after the first game, and, you know, I got a text from Woj saying, my phone is blowing up from NBA general managers, presidents, owners. Everybody is shocked by what they just saw last night. I think he's the most hyped, most anticipated prospect that I've seen in my lifetime covering the draft. Seven foot four, eight-foot wingspan, huge hands, huge feet, just moves with incredible grace. Rising up, rattles in another three. Come on, man. Yama is coming on late here in the fourth. You know, it's like we're watching like a different species of human. That's, you know, that's multiple NBA teams mentioned that to me. They're just like, where where did this guy come from? You know, you hear that like LeBron mentioning alien. We're labeling like this unicorn thing. Everybody's been a unicorn over the last few years, but he's more like, like an alien. No one has ever seen anyone as tall as he is, but as fluid and as graceful he is out on the floor. It really is an accurate description. Like, I just don't know how many human beings like him we've seen on planet Earth at any point. No. Calmly knocks down another. Victor One GM told Woj, Victor distorts basketball reality. <laughs> the tank trade market will really shift after that showing. It feels like last night will start a race at the bottom like we've never seen. If you love the NBA or just love listening to this podcast, you already know the name Victor Wembanyama. You have heard that he is the projected number one overall pick in next year's draft for a while now. 
But what he did last week in Vegas has blown up those projections. It has changed the entire story because Victor Wembanyama is officially in the conversation right alongside LeBron James, if not ahead of him, actually, as the greatest NBA prospect that anyone has ever seen. So today, Jonathan Gavoni explains how this French kid even got here, what he's about to do to this league before he even enters it, and why even the most dispassionate general managers in basketball very clearly believe this hype. I'm Pablo Torre. It's Wednesday, October 12th. This is ESPN Daily. So, Jonathan, Victor Wembanyama is now this almost iconic character. At this point, he is this mysterious, mythological creature who's come from overseas to just dominate everything. But you've actually gotten to know him yourself, right? I mean, you've been spending time with him. You've been spending time with his family over a period of years now. So how would you describe the kind of 18-year-old that Victor is? He's very normal, honestly. Like I've been around a lot of guys who who are like really highly touted and have had like an incredible amount of hype around them. And I was just struck by just like how normal he is. You know, doing my thing. I don't really care about all the this uh this social media stuff or of course I, I get my friends and all sent me stuff some stuff, some posts uh, and I I see some some things, but I don't really care about it. And I think that's one of the most comforting things about him is that he's got this great approach. He has this great background. Both of his parents were athletes. His his mom is described by by some as the Kendrick Perkins of France. That's the kind of player that, that she was. <laughs> She's six foot three. That's an incredible scouting report that his mom is the perk of France. Because of her mentality, because she was you just didn't mess with her. Um the her the dad was uh was a long jumper. The sister, uh, you know, was a championship player on the French under-16 national team. I had dinner with Victor's family in 2021 in Riga after the FIBA U19 World Cup championship game. They were so angry, you know, that he lost, you know, that they the sense was that the game was stolen from them because they, the, they fouled out Victor on these two, like, horrendous calls. It's the penetration. It was a phenomenal game. Him and Chet Holmgren were going head to head. I was like, well, you guys should be happy. Like the entire world is talking about your son right now. But they're like, no, we he wanted to win. We we wanted to win. And, and, and Victor is very much the same way. Uh, I'm <laughs> I'm not the easiest guy to talk to after a loss. So no. So I know that Victor and his family, right, they are from France. When did he first start getting noticed there? Crazy enough, it was, you know, as a 13-year-old is when you started to, to hear some buzz around him. You know, nobody's more plugged into French basketball than Mike Schmitz. <laughs> and he started sending in notes and he actually changed his trip while he was out in Europe because he wanted to go see Victor play. He sent in, you know, a really detailed report. He sent in all these photos that was really when he came onto my radar screen. And Mike said in the notes, he says, I'm probably not going to write about him until he's 15. But people are talking about this guy. Like, he could be one of one of the best prospects in, in international basketball. Yeah, and this is Mike Schmitz, who was your employee at Draft Express. And then our colleague at ESPN, a former guest on this podcast, who happens to now be the assistant GM of the Blazers. 
And he was feeding you photos, photos that you would describe how when you first saw them of this 13-year-old Victor Wembanyama. I mean, you look at the team photo, it's just like all these little children. They look like they're eight or nine years old. And then this one giant in the background who is just like two heads taller than anybody else. Uh, he's already <laughs> like 6'9", six, 6'10", six, at age 13. And I, I think I was at a game. I went to go see Frank Natilakina play at Nanterre. And him and his dad like sat right in front of me. And I was like, well, what are they doing here? And the agent was like, Victor likes going to basketball games, man. He's just any chance he has to go watch a, a, a game, he's there. And he like really blocked like half of my view of the game, but I really didn't care. You know, it was my <laughs> first time meeting him. And I'm like, wow, this guy is, you know, incredible. He's <laughs> already at 14 years old. But wait, you mentioned Nanterre, um, which is a French team, of course. Like, what was his path, Victor's path, through European basketball? How would you describe that trajectory? I mean, I think pretty normal. He started in Nanterre, which, you know, like is kind of like his hometown team. Um, he played uh, on the Espoir team, which is like the under-21 league. Um, he he also played some Euro Cup games for them in 2020-2021. So he, from Nanterre, he moved to Asvel, which is Tony Parker's team. It's in Lyon, the second biggest city in France. He really got hurt quite a bit. He only played 33 games out of a total of like 80 games or so. There was, mm. you know, some consternation there that maybe some of his injuries were not, you know, handled super well by the medical staff, maybe misdiagnosed. And I think that's part of the reason why he, you know, he had an opt-out clause in his contract uh, right after the last game of the regular season of the of the playoffs. He decided to opt out and he signed with Metropolitan 92, which is coached by Vincent Collette who is uh, the head coach, the longtime head coach of the French national team, coached him in the Olympics and the World Cup. He's had an incredible amount of success. Vincent was kind of on his way out of the team, but he decided uh, to stay in order to coach Victor because it's, you know, it's this great project. And, you know, everybody kind of knew that it was going to be this really interesting season, kind of Victor's send-off to the NBA, and he wanted to play a role in his development. Every player that they signed, everything they, they did was through the lens of, how do we optimize Victor? How do we make sure that he's getting as much as possible out of this experience as he can? And it feels like everybody was just on the same page in terms of the goal, pretty transparently being to make him the best NBA prospect that he could be. Yeah, and I think it makes a lot of sense for the team. You know, this is a team that a lot of people were saying was on the verge of bankruptcy last summer. And so, you know, Victor coming in, I mean, every game now is a sellout. People are buying his jerseys. They, you know, they had this incredible trip to to Vegas to play the G League Ignite. Um, you know, the marketability is off the charts. They're also, you know, Victor signed a two-year deal with them. So they're going to get an NBA buyout out of that. You know, whether that's 800, 850,000, whatever it is, that's good money for them. So I really think it's a, it's a mutually beneficial thing for for both sides. Coming up, how to protect the player who might be the most valuable asset in the NBA. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, 
LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home some huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So this entire economy is growing around Victor Wembanyama and has been for years, Jonathan, as you've established. And the way that this economy might go bust, right? Like, let's be blunt about it. It's health, it's injury concerns. And I think of Chet Holmgren, Oklahoma City's top pick from this past year, who is going to miss this season with a Liz Frank injury, a foot injury, because guess what? Tall, skinny guys, big men have historically suffered with those leg and foot injuries. What is Victor's team saying in response to that concern? What are they doing to prevent that from happening to him? Yeah, so Pablo, this is another reason Victor decided to sign with Metropolitans is the commitment that they made to developing his body and making sure that he stays healthy long term. This team went and hired one of the best strength and conditioning coaches in the league um, from Poartez. His name is Guillaume Alcair. We saw him nonstop, you know, shadowing Victor every step of the way before games, during games, you know, after games, mm. doing these really long and rigorous stretching, flexibility, activation regimens. You know, what I was kind of struck by was just how serious Victor was taking this. He's met with several specialists for his feet, back, knees. There was another kind of foot scan that he did while he was out in the U.S. visiting Nike. So, yeah, they, they know that, you know, that is what this is going to hinge on, you know, like is his ability to stay healthy. Um, you know, his agent, Buna Njai, told me, he's like that, one of the big things like he's uh, Buna is from Dallas. And so he kind of, you know, followed, you know, Dirk's career and met his longtime coach, Holger Geschwinder a long time ago. And he sent a lot of his players to him to train and Holger, you know, like is kind of known as this like mad scientist. And he has his own ideas about how to manage players and how to develop them and all that. And one of the things he told them was, don't let Victor lift weights until he's actually in the NBA. Wait, wait, wait. So what's the logic behind this? Because this feels like the number one thing or one of them that a kid who is this skinny, like 210 pounds, seven foot four, would want to logically address going into the draft. Well, he thought, you know, what makes him special is the mobility, the fluidity, the agility, um, just how graceful of a mover he is. And to, you know, to really go into the weight room and, and pump iron and try and just get as much weight on his frame as possible, um, I guess the thought process is like that could lead to injuries potentially. So, um, you know, and, and Buna kind of credits that as as one of the reasons why Victor has been able to develop the way he has, as well as with these, you know, skill development sessions. He brought him to Dallas. He had him there the entire summer working with Tim Martin, who is a very highly regarded player development coach. 
Um, and that's really where Victor's skill level really took off in terms of his ball handling ability, his shooting. I mean, all of the incredible things that we saw in Vegas. And so there very much is a plan here, you know, how to keep him healthy. And, um, and that's why, you know, Victor himself told me that he's just not worried about it. So there's a number of people who are just committed to maximizing Victor's NBA potential. And they have been for a long time. And in the NBA, like his superpowers, I, I just don't know if I have ever seen someone who moves this fluidly and is able to shoot on the move like this. I mean, have you, like, what's the comparison point to a seven foot four guy who can take one dribble from the top of the three point arc to the corner and drain a fadeaway three? Like, have you seen this before? Not at that size. I mean, you, the comparison maybe is, is to Kevin Durant, you know, just in terms of the shot making versatility and just the confidence and the high release point. You know, it's almost unguardable at his size. That's a nearly eight foot wingspan. Rising up, rattles in another three. Come on, man. Yama is coming on late here in the fourth. But. I mean, Kevin Durant is not seven foot four, and he doesn't have an eight foot no. wingspan, and he and he doesn't have a, you know quite as many facets to his game. Definitely not at that age, in terms of creating his own shot, going one on one, handling the ball in pick and roll, uh, pushing yes. it off the defensive glass, finishing lobs, you know, like barely jumping, finding the open man, you know, passing off a live dribble, um, step backs. Dude, the idea that he is like finishing lobs and shooting fadeaway corner threes and also just like calling for a pick, but then rejecting the pick and shooting like a Steph Curry range three. Wembenyama calmly knocks down a three. He's like, come on. It, 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 it's absurd. It's just unbelievable that this is a real person. No, it's mind blowing. First of all, the confidence to take those shots but then also you know knowing which ones not to take you know i mean that mm. type of feel for the game um you know in terms of creating for teammates and, and and having a sense for the moment okay this is when i need to get my teammates going this is when i need to take my team on my back um you know at that age is incredible and the crazy thing pablo is that he really has grown into that you know like if you if you look at him like a year or two ago, there were definitely some criticisms of him. You know, like he would go through these long stretches where he would fade to the perimeter. He, he wouldn't put his imprint on games. He would get pushed around on the glass. You know, you see that at times still, but just his mentality has improved so much in terms of his his willingness to, to, to put his imprint on games, his engagement within the game. Um, and that's what's scary is that He's a totally different player now than he was six months ago. So wait, the idea that he could make seven threes in a game, but also do all of the other things that a big man can do, you're saying that that was not the version of him that you remember seeing the last time he was playing in competitive basketball games. You saw it, but not to this level. You didn't have the 36, 37 point games like we saw. And there were some, some moments where you're like, okay, Victor, take over. It's, it's your time to shine. And he would, you know, he's such a nice guy. He would kind of, you know, fade into the background and, you know, let other teammates do their thing too for stretches. And we didn't see any of that in Vegas. You know, he came, he was on a business mission and he came to kill. 
Wimanyama wants it in the post. He wants to go one on one. Turns and faces, trying to get the move. Step back. Wimbanyama. Oh, this kid is good. And that's something that I didn't I wasn't sure about that he had two years ago. You always knew that he was talented, but there were, you know, there were some whispers, you know, is this guy soft? Nobody thinks that Victor Wimbayama is soft anymore. <laughs> no, I mean, and he was doing this for the record here, right? Against professionals the g league ignite is full of like the best college players and it's also full of guys like scoot henderson who is legitimately also like a really high level prospect a guy who might be generational in his own way all of the veterans on ignite have played games in the nba and they've all played you know high level games in europe too i mean they were all first team all conference players in college and so like it's a far higher level of competition than what you find in college basketball and so when Victor Wembanyama is saying at a news conference, talking about Scoot Henderson, quote, if I was never born, I think he would deserve the first spot. Well, I was wondering when Scoot was going to try Victor, and he does on this possession, but that is advantage Victor coming up with the block shot. I mean, it does feel like this is a guy who knows not just how good he is offensively, but how dominant he is defensively, which we haven't even talked about yet. Yeah, I mean, that's really where he's going to be special from, from day one. Just the way that he changes the geometry of the court. Denied. Wembanyama on the block. And that's where he really is a difference maker. Seven foot four, eight foot wingspan, incredibly coordinated, incredibly fluid, covers ground exceptionally well. Waters finds the big man. Calmly knocks down another. Victor Wembanyama, seven threes, 37 points. Steps out onto the perimeter, can recover back to the rim, just blocks everything. Layups, dunks, jump shots, um, you know, can rebound in traffic as well. I mean, that's, you don't find that. So after the break, what the Greek freak thinks of the French alien. Shopping for Father's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Father's Day. Whether you're shopping for your brother's first Father's Day or your Renaissance man grandpa, whose interests, of course, are all over the map, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and over, you can also sort by category, like cologne, watches, and more. Or gift lists for items like, I don't know, your grill master or golfer in your life. You can also get top tech, from Beats headphones to JBL portable speakers. Or if you're looking for top brands, you'll find gifts from Calvin Klein, Polo Ralph Lauren, and Columbia. So what are you waiting for? Father's Day is June 16th and we'll be here before you know it. Macy's offers the ultimate gift guide to making selecting something special for dad incredibly easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. And you know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. I know I have. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, 
eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow, you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. So what position do you think Victor Wembanyama ends up playing in the NBA, man? Because he can guard everybody, he can do everything. How do you maximize somebody whose skill set we have never seen before? I think what's so interesting about him is that he can play in almost any lineup. He really compliments everyone because he can dribble, he can pass, he can shoot, he can block shots, he can step out and guard the perimeter. So it really depends on what you already have in place. I think ideally early on in his career, you might want to have another big man next to him who's older, a little bit more physical and can, you know, and that will allow Victor to kind of be this roamer who just, you know, protects the rim and, 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 you know, and is a shot blocker, but could also step out and, and, and guard on the perimeter too. Uh, but offensively, there's, there's, there's no ceiling on, you know, on him. And uh, we, uh, the hope is that he goes to a team that's going to use him as a big point guard because that's really what he can yes. be. That's what makes him special is the way he can handle the ball and the decisions that he makes and the way he can <laughs> pass. And No, I, I'm just laughing at the mental image of a seven-foot-four point guard. I'm laughing at what Giannis said. Giannis, who himself, by the way, was the unicorn, is still like the MVP of the league. And he is, he is out here sounding like he is afraid personally, Jonathan, of going extinct if this mythical being actually ends up being exactly what we've been touting him to be. He's incredible, man. Like, I believe in 2045, everybody is going to look like Victor. He has the chance to be one of the best, not in his age or not in Europe, one of the best to ever play this game. Like, we have never seen something like that before. We got to get ready for this kid, you know. He's going to be really good. Yeah, I love that quote. I mean, that sounds like something out of a, you know, a science fiction novel. Uh, I don't really know if that's true, but it, it, it sounds frightening, like you said. Um, yes, the freak is afraid. The freak is afraid of this other larger mutant. Giannis knows his scouting report because his brother, Costa, played with him in Asvel last year. And Giannis was at several games and several practices. And so he got to know Victor very well. I think that's it's super cool. You look at what like Kevin Durant, you know, said about him. How can you miss him? That type of talent and skill, and it just puts a smile on your face if you play basketball. The league's really in trouble when he comes in. We'll, and I want to see how it plays out, and um, everybody's been excited for his uh, his arrival to the league. So we'll see what happens. I just think it's awesome. I haven't really seen that kind of reaction in the past from no. um, NBA players when it comes to like draft prospects. And but, you know, it just shows you the impact that Victor has. No, it's a hell of a thing, Jonathan, to hear Richard Jefferson, who was an NBA champion, who won a ring with LeBron James, profess on ESPN to what felt like heresy, or at least it would have been heresy as of last Monday before Vegas happened. What I am saying is right now, I remember LeBron James 20 years ago. That player was six foot seven. This person is seven four. LeBron James would be number two if he was if he was the exact same age coming in the exact same draft. LeBron James would be number two. That's how crazy this kid is as a prospect. So the logic when you're this kind of a can't miss prospect, whose only weaknesses seem to be like, okay. There is the inevitable roulette wheel of injury concern. And also that, yeah, he's like 210 pounds, but he's deliberately not lifting weights. I mean, if those are the only real drawbacks that are on the record here, 
the logical move is to just stop playing basketball, right? To like shut it down, basically say, look, you guys know what I'm about. You know how good I am. So I'm just not going to risk anything anymore. But what is the reaction from Victor and his camp when that idea is proposed? They say absolutely not. You know, they said that's not what we're about and we're not going to shut him down. Victor doesn't want to hear that talk. We haven't even approached him because we're petrified to even raise the idea (laughs) to him that he should shut it down. He'll never agree to it. They say he wants to compete and get better. And honestly, they don't, they say they don't care about him being the number one pick in the draft. That's not what this is about. They really think he can be one of the greatest players of all time. And for him to shut it down and not play basketball for the next eight months, that's not how you become one of the greatest players of all time. That's how you, you stand still, you know, it's how you stay in neutral. They want him to keep getting better and improving every single day. And so if you are the NBA teams who are in the running for Victor Wembanyama, I mean, the thing you want to do yourselves is the opposite of what Victor just said, right? You want to get worse because there is a race to the bottom year, as you alluded to before, that seems to involve potentially like a full third of the league. Like, what's it going to be looking like here, John, as the lottery odds are suggesting that this is the time to go all in on being bad? It really gave these bad teams a license to tank and not, you know, just internally, but also from ownership, you know, like owners watch that game, you know, um, some, some of them were actually in the building and they look at that and they say, I get it, you know, like, go ahead and tank. Let's 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 make this happen. Which is why Adam Silver is out here at press conferences in Abu Dhabi. I know that many of our um, NBA teams are salivating at the notion that potentially um, through our lottery that they could get him so they should all still compete very hard next season. To which I say, like, yeah, good luck, buddy, because it seems like this is a lot. There's a lot going on here, even beyond Victor, in terms of why this year is the year to go all in. Yeah, Victor is obviously the big prize of this draft, but if you finish with the worst record in the league, you can have no worse than the fifth pick in the draft. Actually, your highest odds, 52%, are of picking fifth. And that's comforting in a sense because this is actually a very strong draft class besides Victor. Scoot Henderson, as we saw this past week in Vegas, very legitimate guy at number two, would have been the number one pick in most years. Behind him, Amen Thompson, 6'7 point guard, you know, drawing comparisons to Jalen Brown and Andre Iguodala, uh, you know, Nick Smith from Arkansas, 6'5 point guard who's tremendous off the dribble, um, can really pass and shoot. And then you have guys like Cam Whitmore, 6'7, maybe the best athlete in the draft. Derek Lively, 7'2, can switch on to everybody, guards one through five, tremendous shot blocker, steps outside and shoots threes and can finish pick and rolls. It's a very, very good draft class. And so I think that's a big part of the reason teams are saying, okay, obviously I want Victor. I have a 14% chance of getting him. But if I don't, I'm going to end up with a pretty good player also. So what is the next step for Victor in specific, right? Is all of these teams going to be angling for his services and the services of these kids, these prospects at the very top of this draft class, which is a special one. Where do we see him next? Like, where does this kid who refuses to bench himself, who seems to really embrace like that Mamba mentality notion for better and for worse, where do we see him play the next time? 
Well, he's back in France now, and his season resumes on Saturday. They play at Le Mans, uh, 8 o'clock. That's 2 p.m. Eastern. You can watch the games uh, for free online. There's you know streaming, and wouldn't it surprise me if they kind of go a little bit more all-in with their streaming package and up the quality of it. But, yeah, he's got games pretty much every weekend coming up from now until the middle of May. And then hopefully, you know, they're they're two and one right now. Hopefully they make the playoffs and, and make a little run here. And um, and I think that'll, you know, people will watch that. Even though everybody knows how good Victor is, you're still going to see, you know, 20 to 30 scouts at, at every game of his from here until the middle of May. And then what's next for you, Jonathan, as you are the Wembanyama whisperer at this point for ESPN? Nobody has access to him in the way that you do. What's the rest of your life going to be like as we talk here in the second week of October? Just monitoring the Victor show, watching every game and, you know, enjoying it the way everybody else is going to be. So um, it's it's absolutely wonderful. Just somebody that's covered the NBA draft for 20 years. We've never had a class like this where people are so excited about it in the month of October. Every day I'm getting, you know, TV, podcast, radio requests. And the college basketball season hasn't even started yet. You know, in most years, we're just, we're hoping that the NBA finals ends up being a sweep. So we have seven to 10 days to really (laughs) milk the NBA draft for all it's worth and hope that our mock drafts get it to be on the front page of ESPN.com and all that. We don't have to do that this year. You know, like all we have to do is is write about Victor and and also, and, and Scoot Henderson and Amen Thompson. I mean, this whole class is phenomenal. Honestly, one of my big regrets is being the first one to watch Giannis and being really excited about him, but not going all in and saying like, (laughs) oh my God, like you guys have to go, you have to get Giannis, you know, like being kind of, cause like my tendency is to be skeptical and, you know, uh, you know, just a little bit muted. I don't do like the gushing and the fawning and and all that. So like, right, but right. with Victor, like it just it comes really easily for me because literally, like we've never seen a guy like him before. Yeah, I'm reminded at the very end here, like you're not somebody that I know to gush over prospects in this way at all. I mean, hyperbole is something that it feels like you're on guard for as a matter of doing your job, but. Here, hyperbole seems to firmly just not apply. It does not seem to be the case that we're overdoing it with Victor Wembanyama. I think you have to recognize greatness when it's there. And if you're not, then you're selling yourself short and you're selling the player short and you're selling the fans short. You know, like this is something that everybody has to enjoy and they have to appreciate and they have to follow this because we're literally never going to see a player like Victor Wenbayama again. I mean, this is a generational, transcendent talent. It's the most unique player we've ever seen come across in the last 20 years of me doing this. And on top of that, he has comes from this ideal background. He has the right mentality. He has the humility. He has the maturity. He has everything to become a great player. So let's let's go for it. I mean, why not? Jonathan Gavoni, thank you for making the case here that aliens are actually real. Thanks, Pablo. Great to be with you. I'm Pablo Torre. This has been ESPN Daily. And I'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>